And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. How's it going, man? Good. I'm so stoked that you're on. This is rad. Dude, I'm super excited to be here. This is, because you're, if you had to say how new you, it's pretty dang new to the toy scene, correct? Yeah, we, um, um, I've been farting around doing digital sculpting for a while, but it was, um, <clears throat> I think our first drop was in December, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, pretty new. Yeah. How do you like, before we even get into the interview, how do you like the toy scene? Being this new, being it like, it's always good to have fresh eyes on it. Is there things that you're like, this works, this doesn't, I don't want to do this. Oh man, are you talking about just the scene in general? Or are you talking about the craft and like, you know, making stuff? All of the above. All of the above? Yeah. Um, well, uh, so, <clears throat> oh man. I'll try to keep it short. This is a big challenge oh, of mine. Hey, no worries. <laughs> this is the podcast all about you, baby. <laughs> um, so I, uh, the short is I love it. Um, yeah. And when it comes to making um, making toys, virtually every aspect of it is is um, an interest of mine. And, mm -hmm. and toys are like this white hot center of um, the overlap of so many interests that I have mm -hmm. that... Um, I don't think there's an aspect about the creation process that I don't enjoy. Um, what I will say is the community um, has been, this is probably going to sound bad, but it's been surprisingly um, positive, supportive, mm -hmm. kind. Um, it, and I say that because I've, I've had exposure to all sorts of different communities online and that's, I mean, it's online. That's typically yeah. not a thing, right? You know, um, places can be, you know, a bit from a little bit spiky to just outright cesspools of like negativity and whatever. Um, I belong to, a, I, I've collected toys, been interested in toys pretty much all my life. And I belong to one Facebook group of a really small curated group of people, mm -hmm. a private group of collectors. And I was actually just on there earlier today. And telling them like, that's the only reason I keep Facebook is for that group. It's mm -hmm. just a really good, solid group of people. And it's the only exposure I have to collecting or really online communities in general. And some of the stuff that they post that they see out in the wild is just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like just how, how unhappy some people can get and how they just sort of broadcast that. So um, I think part of me was a bit, I was a bit not sure what to expect um, when getting into the scene, but 
it's honestly through listening to things like Toys on Tap, like I've listened to every one of the interviews and I've started over and it's been fascinating um, and, and humbling just to hear all of these different people's stories um, between Toys on Tap, behind the bootleg, all these, all these, um, these avenues of getting to know the community that we've only been a part of for a few months mm-hmm. during still like hopefully the tail end of a pandemic. I don't know. It's, it's been awesome. So I feel really fortunate to be part of it all and, and have, have just like super, super happy at just how positive everyone is. Was there the expectation? Well, okay. Let me pause on that question. Did I hear you say you've listened to all the episodes and now you're going back through? Yeah. That is the most humbling and like, <laughs> dude, thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, it's fantastic. Like, honestly, um, the, the stories that people tell, um, like we've been listening to the Sucklord series and I say, we, it's my wife and I, Yeah. Um, I started doing this stuff and, um, you know, we're both into monsters, Halloween, all that sort of stuff. And, um, um, I started making toys and she was just really digging it and then mm. just wanted to be part of it. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. So yeah. we, we both kind of do this thing. So whenever I'm like, we, you know, she's in the other room, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's us. Um, and I've already forgot what the hell it was. I was even talking about, but, uh, the suck Lord episode. Oh yeah. So we're listening to, um, um, sort of that suck Lord saga. And it's just, I mean, it's it's awesome just listening mm-hmm. to and i think at the beginning he even describes it as like um i don't know why people would want to listen to me like i'm just some dude but it's yeah. it's it's that actual real life snapshot into the background because i think um i mean there's so much that i can relate to there that he's mm-hmm. talking about just on a person level regardless of the hobby or, yeah. or or the profession or the scene or whatever um and I think it's that level of authenticity that these, that these all have. Um, and then you layer on top of it, the fact that there's obviously some really heavy overlapping interests mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, it's just great. And I, um, I don't know. I, I just enjoy it. It's a nice soundtrack yeah. to just get to know folks through. Yeah. That means the world, you know, we started, I, I say we, but there's, it's just me. I started this and it was called Toys on Tap because the reality was that I just wanted to, it was like pandemic mm-hmm. and I wanted to have beer and yep. talk to other toy makers. Yep. And so I started on Vimeo and um, something in me grew very like weary of the reach. And I started falling in love with the toy community more. And I knew that if I didn't do something of a different format, it wouldn't go anywhere. Like I couldn't, um, I couldn't grow it and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't know fully what I wanted to do. Sure. Like even my podcast logo was like half-hearted in the beginning before a friend of mine redid it. And, um, and I took a break and then I realized like, no, I want this to be a podcast and I want both new artists and old heads and everyone on this podcast. And we're like, I mean, I think I'm approaching 44 countries. Uh, I think it's like, wow. yeah, like thousands of people are listening to like, what's so funny is thousands of people are listening to you. They're listening to your stories and they're listening to why you love toys, why they make you tick. And so when you say things like, 
uh, yeah, I, I like I have things in common with Suckord. You just told a thousand people to like come listen to your episode because you have things in common with the other guy that they're and so it's so like and yeah, I don't know. It's cool. It's been a cool moment to to grow and to I, I love the toy scene. There's hiccups. There's always hiccups with every community. Anything that involves people is gonna have hiccups. Right. It's people. And, yeah, and you know, even <clears throat> the hiccups I have you know, it just sharpens you, right? Like you Mm -hmm. learn different things. You learn how to interact with people differently. You learn um, who to bring in, who not to. You you, Like it's all teachable moments. And this scene is full of people. I can say this, this this is probably the overarching theme for me. Even the people that I don't, uh, maybe not say like don't get along with, but like don't interact with, maybe we don't click as well. Sure. I can still tell you they make some rad art. There's some of the best people like for the scene and I respect them. We may clash or we may not have good interactions, but damn, what they do is killer. Like I, I, I hope it stays. I hope Yeah. I would rather be in a scene where that happens than being a scene where the work is kind of subpar and everyone gets along. exactly no no no. i i totally know what you're saying i totally know what you're saying and then also like just to be clear the last thing i'm doing is some you know person who's been at this for a couple months yeah last thing i'm doing is coming on board and saying i'm like the suck lord yeah (laughs) that's that's that's, no like what i was thinking about was just the like those human moments that you have growing up the thing that i will say is I love his just his ability to be like confidently vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. just it's incredibly powerful. It's like a it's like a megaphone for folks who, you know who have been through those similar things like going yeah. to school and just thinking like ah oh, shit I don't fit in or you know having these insecurities and just just saying it how it is. Like yeah. I feel like it takes um it takes balls. It takes guts. It takes it takes a um you know, uh, a certain level of, of grit to just be able to do that, especially yeah. on a, on a big stage. Right. So, so hearing that um, it's, it makes it so relatable. And, and I got to tell you too, I just love the fact that his jumpsuit was stolen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so cool. Yeah. I, you know, um, we just finished recording. I don't know when it's coming out. I haven't figured that part out yet, but we just finished recording the last one. Because uh, it was only five part series, and uh, it's tough, right? Sucklord um, has the ability to be abrupt. Yeah. Like if you're in the scene or don't know the scene, like that is the that is the lore around who he is. Sure, yeah, which is fine. But and everyone knows the Sucklord. Like, um, it's like it's like if we were in the same painting style as Picasso, and we saw Picasso alive, like we're watching this guy who did our art form continue with us. So it's cool. Um, But I can say this, he's one of my favorite people, not because of his art, not because of what he does, what he makes, but because we've walked through his story and it's the subtle things that like the awakenings he'll have or the jumps in his voice or the excitement around toys or the underlying disheartened feeling that he'll bring up or like, there's so much more to this guy. 
And so it's just so enticing to listen to a story. Um, and, and, and like, what's funny is this is toys on tap. So it revolves around toys, but it doesn't. And so it's really cool to be able to do that. So he's one of my favorite people. Um, I, I have, I own a couple pieces from him. I buy them. Um, but if I had those, or if I didn't have them, that doesn't mean as much, but I've gotten to spend 10 hours on a podcast with them. That means the world for me. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. That but we're here. We're here. It's for you. This is terrible toy works. Like we're, yeah, we're all about you. We got sidetracked already. I love it. Um, we are here. Welcome to toys on tap. This is your episode. Um, before we do anything, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. Yeah. So, um, I, I go by the terrible undertaker on, uh, um, on my account, just sort of half-assedly, uh, mm-hmm. which is terrible toy works. Um, I grew up loving horror. I think the first movie I saw in the theater was poltergeist when I was four. Um, and it's just been a love affair ever since, um, monsters, aliens, robots, all that sort of stuff grew up in the, um, in the eighties. So kind of the, what I think, and I'm sure we all do. This was a golden age of toys. Yeah. Um, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, all that stuff um, really sort of ignited this artistic interest that I had, um, always captivated my imagination. But eventually I get older and decided I actually wanted to start making these things. So I just started doing it as a hobby um, with the encouragement of some friends just to see what the response would be. So far, it's been really positive. And yeah, we're just over here making monsters. Um, yeah basically making things that I would want to have, um, tapping into all of the, all of the things that I think captivated and inspired me growing up about Mm. these things. Um, and it just so happens that there's a ton of nostalgia in my heart and it, and it seems to be like, you know, it's obviously a thing reaction and all sorts of other retro style three and three quarter lines. Um, it just, just so happens that that's a relatively easy, format to create in your garage so yeah all kind of worked out that's what we're up to i love that i i okay we're gonna brag about you for a second (laughs) so that i'm excited you did something that i haven't seen people do and uh to the to the effect that i've never seen someone do like I, i think i'm coming up on i think i'm in my third starting my third year of doing toys and all that stuff you sent people toys because it was like you wanted them to like I was honored enough to get that in the mail um and I saw a couple other videos of like you sent it to them and that and I think if I can remember the wording was we are just humbled that we're able to be here and do this we wanted you to have this I've never like I, I remember opening the box and my wife was sitting there and I like, I was going through it and she was like, why, what is, why are you shocked? Like you just, you got a cool toy. Like she just does, she's not in the toy scene. I was like, not only did I get a cool toy that took an immense amount of work and which we're going to talk in full detail about this toy <laughs> an immense amount of work, but I got it because someone for some reason valued that. And like, that was, I'd never heard of that, never seen that. And I think it's something if I could impart to other people, like follow your, like that, like that's, it was just, yeah, it was incredible. I can't tell you thank you enough. 
Well, thank you, man. That that actually means a lot. Um, yeah. So a big part of, of growing up for me, and then also my wife, like our love language is gifts. Mm. And I think a lot of that comes into play too, when we talk about the how we present, how we package these things, the whole spirit behind that aspect of it is we want whoever receives one of these, whether we're sending it to them as like a, a showing of gratitude or whether they order it, we want people to know that the person who put this together cared mm. and that they feel like they're getting a gift from somebody that cares about them. And as cheesy as that sounds, there's a, there's an experience part to that. And just like you said, like hearing that that is coming through mm-hmm. like goosebumps, because that's exactly what we wanted to do. There is a ton of work that goes into these things, a whole lot of work. Um, and there's a big part of us that just wants to share that with people. So when we, when we have, and we have family, friends, folks in the community, and I've got a laundry list of people that I would love to send these things to, Mm -hmm. um, that I haven't had a chance to yet. So there's, there's going to be more going out. Um, but when we have the opportunity to be able to do that, um, we've started actually baking it into our runs, um, to make sure that we make enough artist proofs to start hitting some of those folks on the list, because there have been so many people who have been, um, direct inspirations, uh, folks we've, we've sort of come across that we've recognized have, um, um, significant overlapping interests, Mm -hmm. people that just seem like super awesome, valuable members of the community. And it's just kind of a way of saying thanks. Um, and the, it also allows us to get our things into the hands of other people and just see the reaction as it's super fulfilling to see that. Yeah. I we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my! We're doomed. Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DOV2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. I messed up when I opened it too. I opened it too quickly to make a video about it. Like my my goal was to do an unboxing, but I was too excited to see like, because it was layer after layer of just different things. And so I was like, after I was done opening, I was like, damn it, damn it. And so I, I took as many pictures as I could. And yeah, it was rad. Uh, I think... You know, I, I've this scene and to be only so many months in and to already recognize like, no, no, I want to celebrate this community. If there was something I could leave this community with, it's that, right? The scene's only growing. And so if anyone that comes into the scene comes into it knowing like, oh, there's people that are, have been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Like, let's celebrate yeah. them. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, doing it for a long time, but then even folks who haven't been doing it for the long time, but are, are just super positive people, just super yeah. kind, super authentic. Um, I don't know. That's, that's sort of the, the, the way we've been looking at it. Um, so many positive interactions leads to a big list of people that we want to want to be able to send this stuff to. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting too, because I, I mean, folks, folks, folks love monsters. I love monsters. Um, but the line that that we're we're doing, um, ter- terrible, 
terrible monsters. Um, <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Um, it's based on these old MPC monster figures. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but no. Okay. So there was a, um, and I'm probably getting this wrong. Um, because they were these little plastic mon monsters that appeared in so many different places. But as far as I understand it, one of the first places, if not the first place they appeared yeah. was in the sixties, they were given out in these um, bags of, of uh, Fritos corn chips. Right. Okay. Kind of like you'd get a, a, a toy at the bottom of a cereal box. I mm -hmm. guess it was probably just in the bag or something. And there are these little, I, I should have some here, but there's this little like two inch army men like monsters. And they're just generic monsters and they're mm -hmm. actually, they're kind of shitty, right? Yeah. Like you, the sculpts are goofy and um, there's just something really endearing about that. So when I set out to create the line, I actually sculpted all eight of these um, and homage to each one. So it's basically all eight of those figures <clears throat> trying to keep that sort of goofy hokey aspect of them. Um, probably going a bit too deep on that. We can get back to it. But the whole idea was, you know, those monsters specifically, because I wanted it rooted in something that had nostalgia. It was mm -hmm. really important. But to be honest, I just wasn't sure how folks were going to react. Because that's a goofy-ass looking vampire, if you look at him, right? The so, mouth was so fun to stare yeah. at. <laughs> What's it? Yeah, because I just couldn't, like, all of the mouths, like Remco or Burger King, all that, it, they yeah. seem like, there's this distinct look of it. But it just, yeah. it was a different one that I had seen for a sculpt. Yeah. Love and it, it. was, it was really keying in on, um, they, uh, they actually did some larger versions of those toys of mm -hmm. those exact skulls and it didn't make them any better. Like it just <laughs> highlighted how goofy and, oh man, his, yeah. his, yeah, he just, he looked like he'd been like punched by a truck and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to lean into that and we'll just see, give him a goofy backstory and what have you. But anyhow, I pulled us, pulled us far afield. But yeah, um, you know, um, the first thing I actually did before even doing our first drop mm -hmm. was a, a run of nothing but promotional pieces. I knew I wanted to get some content stacked up for Instagram because I didn't want to just launch and then have to already start keeping up with stuff. Yeah. So I did a run of these first off just to, just to see how the hell to do it. I'd never cast before. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be an adventure. So I want to get it dialed in. I want to make sure that I can make something. And then once I did, can I repeat it? And then once I did, can I do the accessories? And then once I did, let's package them up and let's just send them out to like trusted friends, a couple family members. Um, some of my friends work in um, toys. So they have a valid sort of judgment mm -hmm. for it to like really give me honest sincere feedback um response was positive so i'm like okay you know maybe this will have legs now let's see how people like this you know goofy smart ass delivery of these you know dollar store style monsters yeah and um just sort of ran with it from there which is like to be your first cast uh, come on man like you're only gonna go up from here like that was so like now that I know that was your first one, it's just, it's, 
like absolutely laughable to see where I started versus where you started. <laughs> listen, listen, the thing that is not on this podcast is the yeah. swearing and the, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, and the like tub of yeah. what I call, what I call fuck this silicone, which is yeah. all the molds that I made that didn't work. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely a learning experience, but um, I I've got, I have some friends, um, a good buddy of mine, one of my lifelong friends, I've known him for over 30 years. He was, um, he worked at a sign and fabrication company and mm -hmm. he was really deep into mold making and what have you. Um, he also met uh, a fellow who the three of us are, are, are all friends. And so I'd lean on those folks when I had questions, Hey, you know, what's going on? Why is there like this slimy layer of silicone yeah. on my, and, and they'd help me out. So you know, this is, this is not something that I can just say, I, you know, fell from the sky and can suddenly cast something that was amazing. There's flaws. It's, it was, it was a hard earned road. Yeah. Hey, I love that. Well, before we go too far into casting, cause we are going to get to that mm -hmm. as well. Let's talk about you. You've brought up the collecting group and you've talked yeah. about what you collect. What, mm -hmm. like, let's go into depth. What are you collecting? What drives you to collect? What specific toy lines? Wow. Um, is that a tough question? No, it's not a tough question. It's just another one of those long meandering ones because that's pretty much like how I answer those I'm sorts into of it. things. All right. So um, three and three quarter inch is my scale. And okay. I think it's an appreciation that the earliest memory I have of appreciating fine detail was when I was a kid. I must have been like three or four staring at the Sesame Street book. And there was this illustration of Grover where his head was about the size of like, I don't know, uh, like a black eyed pea, it was tiny. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there staring at it and I'm mesmerized. I, I don't know why, but that was the first time I ever remember being captivated by something that that was just small, fine detail. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that smaller format in comparison to like a lot of other stuff, like, you know, six inch scale, what have you, um, it, it just really appeals to me. So. My collecting is pretty much exclusively saved for a few outliers, three and three quarter. Mm -hmm. um, the question that you ask about what motivates you, that's where, man, I don't know. I've always been fascinated by the, the psychology behind that. Mm -hmm. And um, there's obviously nostalgia. There's obviously this, this fondness for, you know, the way things were, whether that's, oh, I had fun when I was a kid or whatever. I have to say for me, um, and this kind of goes back to talking about all of these interests that I have that overlap with toys. There was a toy store in the Bay Area in California where I was born called King Norman. And it was up at a place called Hilltop Mall in Richmond. And I remember walking into that toy store and it, it you're a kid it looks like the toys just go up for stories yeah and it was that that presentation the um the marketing the merchandising the um the graphic design the sculpting the character design like all that stuff was just just hitting me at once before mm -hmm. i even knew those things interested me um so i think i think that that sort of image is one of the first things that comes to my head when I think about the motivation, um, or at least where that nostalgia is rooted. Um, and then from there, we can go into like 
totally boring discussions on psychology and all that other sort of stuff. But um, in terms of lines, like what lines I like to collect, <clears throat> growing up, Star Wars obviously was a thing. It was it was a thing. It's it's a thing now for yeah for every toy interested person just about right. Um, but Star Wars was um, was at its peak around the time I got into that type of toy. Mm -hmm. But GI Joe was really where it came in and just sort of took off for me. And yeah. again, you're talking about the level of detail in a small package, the ability to all that engineering, all mm -hmm. that that like you know articulation. It was fascinating. So that was really my sort of that was where my heart was as a collector. Um, and so when you fast forward to, I don't know, it's about 10 years ago, I'm having coffee with my buddy and we're talking about our collecting habits. And I had just gone to a store nearby <clears throat> that had a, a carded 12 back vintage, um, princess Leia. Okay. And it was like 350 bucks. And I'm like, that's too expensive. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy that. And it had the Boba Fett sticker on the front, the offer. And I just remember, I'm like, this is fascinating. And I, again, I love the marketing, keeping it on card, all that sort of stuff. And I thought, you know, no, it's too much money. Can't do that. A couple of weeks later, we're having that coffee <clears throat> and it's occurring to me. We were all out on our toy hunts that we used to do every couple of weekends. And it occurred to me that since then, we had done one or two toy hunts where I spent at least that much money on a bunch of stuff that I'd forgotten about. Like, what, mm -hmm. what did I get? So I went through this inflection <clears throat> where I realized I start, I, I, I want to go after quality over quantity. And I feel like I'm no, not collecting. I'm just amassing. I think mm -hmm. that was actually his quote. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. It's gotta be deliberate. Um, it's gotta be something I know I want. So I scaled back my collecting. Um, I was getting into Star Wars Black, the larger format figures with the cool details, all that sort of stuff. And I just purged pretty much everything, mm -hmm. took it all to the store, traded it in for like the original 12 Star Wars figures. And I think the first run of vintage G.I. Joe figures, that was it. And I'm like, I took boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff down there and wound up with stuff that I could fit in like three or four display cases on hanging on my wall. Um, and when I say display cases, I mean, small shadow boxes. I don't mean like big things. Right. Um, and that was actually one of the most fulfilling moments, I think, in my collecting hobby, because yeah. it felt like it had purpose. So I said, you know what, I'm going to limit it to these sorts of things and I'm going to stick with it and we're going to be good. And those things that I allowed myself were, um, GI Joe's both vintage and modern because the modern mm -hmm. ones were fantastic. Um, vintage only Star Wars, which I cheated a bit. And I allowed myself to get the gentle giant jumbos because yeah. they're fucking awesome. Yeah. And then um, I started getting into this line called Acid Rain, which is a um, three and three quarter military line that's kind of on the designer toy side. Mm. They're like 30 bucks each. It's expensive, but thankfully they weren't coming out that fast. Now they are. And I've sort of jumped off that train a bit because I just can't keep up. Um, but that's kind of where I fine tuned it and, and anything that was retro inspired. So mm -hmm. reaction kind of had a foot in the door. And I have to say that that's probably the line that I've collected the most consistently, um, for the past several years. Um, it's probably my favorite, I think. Okay. 
I think I, uh, the amassing versus collecting is something I deal with because I, at the moment, like I, I, I still can't call myself like uh, a collector because I don't know that I have like a line. Um, <clears throat> the most amount of toys that I have of one thing comes mm-hmm. from um, the toy artist Barrio Boba. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I just saw a, he, he just came through with a ton of pictures from Star Wars Celebration where he mm-hmm. was just like next up. That was, it was so cool yeah. watching him standing there in his outfit next to all these different folks. Yeah. yeah I know exactly who you're talking about. I have the most of his toy because when he puts them out, he puts them out in runs of like five, like yeah. five different ones and throws them out. Um, and I bought the first I did. I missed this last set. And so I do like that sucks, but I have all the other sets and I have so many of them. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, it's like I just realized I was amassing things because I was I think that toy collecting goes in phases. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I collect or I have some from fellow artists that I respect. I have some from artists that I just somehow came by and I don't mm-hmm. like know how that happened. Yeah. Uh, I love them. I just don't know how it happened. Um, but I've also like in the first stage of what collecting probably is, is I started collecting things that I had as a kid. Yeah. So I have a couple like Cowboys of Moo Mesa, weird toy line, but I have a bunch of them now. Yeah. And um, X-Men toy biz figures. I don't collect them, but I had one and I now own it again. The Iceman. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And now like I finally, <laughs> I saw that and it cost me like, the figure when you buy it brand new right now yeah. is 20 bucks. Yeah. This is uncarded. It was a single figure. Yeah. I think it was 12 bucks and I still was like, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then the Megazord from Power Rangers that actually transforms. So like, those are the ones that I knew that I was like, oh, I, I need those. Yeah. Or I, I need those um, <laughs> uh, because that is going to be what fuels me. And then. Yeah. Uh, as I got older a little bit, I had um, power of the I had every power of the force figure and animal and everything because that was my era. Yeah. Got rid of it all, but the only things that I loved most were the animals and the machines. Yeah, so I now have all those. Nice, but not not specialized. Not it's just a massing crap. No, I mean, but that's you. you it's deliberate. Like I, I disagree because you just said like these are the things that these are. It, this is a laser focus. Mm-hmm. of things that brought me joy when I was a kid. You mentioned one X-Men figure, maybe yeah. a couple. You mentioned the beasts and and the machines. Like, yeah. no, man, that's 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 the inflection point. You said you got rid of all that Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you that's that's kind of that inflection point that I'm talking about. Um to me that's targeted. I I have started slid back into amassing and I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where to pull it back. I'm I'm not quite sure, but I have to say when Power of the Force came out, I was working, it was in high school and I was working at KB Toys up at the mm-hmm. mall, the same mall that actually had the King Normans that I went to as a kid. Yeah, you lucky man, you lucky man. I was, I gotta tell you, it was funny. I was, I told my manager, you know, I can't wait till these Star Wars figures come out, whatever. And she was just like, okay, nerd. And I'm like, yeah. So one day I get to work and they say, hey, the Star Wars figures showed up. I'm like, what? And they're, yeah, and they're, they're in the back. So I went back, I couldn't find them. They had written, with like a, a highlighter 
on a cardboard box start. And you're not going to read that. I'm, I'm, I'm like hyperventilating. I'm so excited. Yeah. So anyhow, I finally find him and not going to lie. I think I bought the whole case. Mm-hmm. So I'm an asshole. <laughs> like there should be some kids who were able to get in that stuff, you know, for better, or for worse. I got the, you know, I got the yoked Skywalker, yeah. you know, and yeah. And I actually, when I traded it in all the stuff I was just telling you about, I traded in virtually all of the carded power of the force figures that I had, except those ones that I bought that day. Cause it was yeah. just, to me, that was kind of like a, it's a bright spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I've got to, when you're talking about these specific things that you can link right directly back to your childhood, that's not amassing, not in my mind. I mean, not unless you're like, oh, hey, I liked Boba Fett, so I'm going to buy every Star Wars figure I see, which is yeah. kind of what I felt like I was doing at some point. I need um, that in writing so I can hand that to my wife and be like, I was told this isn't amassing. <laughs> <laughs> I was told this is collecting, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as you you begin this, uh, like you're collecting and you you have these groups around you that are also collecting, mm-hmm. and then you move into the first ideas of let's make this. How do you, what's that jump? Oh, um, boy, that's that there's actually kind of like a, a long runway up to that. Um, the first time I think I got creative with action figures was doing what I think most of us have done. And that's like wrapping arms around a firecracker, throwing it, all yep. that sort of stuff. And then eventually I get into the more constructive ways. And uh, I think it was in the mid nineties, early mid nineties, my buddy and I, the one who worked at the sign company, um, we're actually, actually, no, no, no. It even goes back further than that. We were sitting at his house one time when we were in sixth grade, seventh mm-hmm. grade, and we're just making props for his Ninja Turtles out of paper and mm-hmm. like car doors and ATMs, like all this stuff that like all this inane stuff, nobody's going to want to go buy, Yeah, but you would want to have to play with your stuff. So that's where the, the creative, um, that's where the creative thread started actually making things to, mm-hmm. to be in this, in this realm. And um, following that through, you know, we customized our own action figures. I remember using the lighter fluid trick on a power of the force Chewbacca to get the bubble off the card without tearing into the paper. I spray painted it white, put it back in the tray, back on the card. And, oh, look, I accidentally got a prototype. Oh, <laughs> so much fun bullshit, right? Um, so, you know, messing around with stuff like that. I think when I was around 18, I remember just actually starting to sculpt with Sculpey. But I have this weird um, thing that some artists do, this scarcity mentality where it's like, I've got a bunch of sketchbooks. Mm. None of them are filled with anything because I don't mm. want to like draw something stupid on. Ah, that's a nice sketchbook. I don't want to ruin it. So let yeah. me get this other one that I'm going to do the same thing with. Um, same thing with Sculpey. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to sculpt something dumb with this and waste this stuff. So what do I do? I let it sit there and I waste it. So there's this sort of weird um, psychology going on there that I think really, really was a speed bump to mm-hmm. actually getting to create, um, getting caught up in working, what have you, all that sort of stuff. Well, in, I don't know what it was, 2008, nine, something like that. I get this gift from somebody at work. It's a random gift. 
I'm like, holy cow. Being as like, you know, nostalgic and sentimental as I am, it just meant the world to me. And I'm like, what is this? I'm looking at it and I'm like, this looks kind of janky, but I kind of like it. I turn it over and it says, you're an asshole for buying this. And I'm like, I love this. This I'm going to keep this. So I kept it completely unrelated. I get another gift from another coworker. I think it was for like for my birthday, like a year later. And it looks almost like the same thing, but the name's a bit different. And on that back, it says, you're an asshole for buying this. I'm like, sweet. Like there's a theme here and I, and I dig it. Turns out it was Sucklord 66 and Sucklord, I think 77. Wow. And I still have them. Um, but I'm like, these are really cool. And then like nothing. And I think it was, um, um, really enjoying sort of like looking in on the bootleg community and what all sorts of folks are doing in terms of action figures, the meme stuff, um, just really digging just the sort of like middle finger to, yeah. to like, you know, um, establishment business. I'll just, just the sort of punk rock aspect of it. I just loved, um, the, the authenticity, the grittiness, the, you know, and, and again, bringing it back, like you're an asshole for buying, even the fuck you to the customer who's paying them. I'm just like, this is gold. That's fucking yeah. awesome. So sort of like, you know, peeking in. And then um, I was talking to some of my toy nerd buddies and they're like, oh yeah, you know, there's, you know, there's going to be a Phantom Starkiller reaction figure. And I, I almost had an aneurysm. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, hang on a second. And, and in that moment for me, there was this transcendence of this whole movement yeah. into the mainstream. And I'm like, that is incredible. Just, just that concept alone, mm -hmm. um, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And again, it sort of goes back to um, reaction figures, basically like just getting it. There's this, again, this, this, this very specific sliver of, um, of collecting and interests and stuff that, that, that all pertains to, but it just pertains to it so well. And just to, to have that level of like, yeah, we get it was yeah. incredible. And I actually was at uh, New York city comic-con for work, um, in 2018 when, mm -hmm. when it was released. And, um, I think I bought four of them cause I'm Ooh. like, I'm going to want to open one. I'm going to want to keep one probably in this room. I'm going to want to probably keep one in, and I'm going to want to get one graded. I'm probably yeah. going to want to dump some in a resident block, put one in a set. I don't know. It's just, I, I was so amazed with these things. Um, and then ever since every colorway that came out, I was just like, yep, yep. Yeah. Just total completionist. Um, and during, during that trip, um, I was visiting with a buddy of mine and he, um, he was talking about wanting to collaborate on something. He's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're a great artist and like, you know, we should collaborate. I mean, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he make, he's got his own toy stuff that he does. And I'm like, ah, you know, I appreciate it, but your brand is like important. Like I'm just some person, like the way I saw it was I would have to go out and do something that people give a shit about before I would yeah. feel worthy of like collaborating. But that was sort of the lead up to me actually doing something with, um, with toys. I had actually sculpted a, um, a Nosferatu um, of my buddy 
Mm. We were at a Halloween party and there was three of us from uh, childhood friends and this same buddy that worked at the sign company with the, with the casting and the advice and that stuff. He was Nosferatu. Our other buddy was Frankenstein and I was a mummy. Mm. So I sculpted him as, um, as uh, Nosferatu and gave it to him. I put it on a, um, printed it out, painted it up, didn't have uh, an actual 2D printer. So I had to paint a Remco style card back with his picture on it and put that in the back of a shadow box, gave it to him. He loved it. And I loved making it. And that, that moment when I made that, I was able to completely break free of that goofball scarcity mentality of being afraid of wasting clay because it's all digital. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to waste anything. And, and it's so strange. And again, like the psychology around all of this, it, it's, it's, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. And again, it's one of the things that I was, I was referencing when I talk about the, the Sucklord interview that you were doing and being able to relate. It's like, yeah, like your mind just has these, these incredible, terrible things that you have to deal with. So anyhow, I get over that and I just start sculpting and then one day um i decided i wanted to do the mpc figures took some time off between jobs like about a month and just blazed through sculpting these eight toys and that was that was kind of it and i knew i'd actually spun up the terrible brand um back in 2018 mm-hmm. when i was prob i was just going to do some like um modified figures i think i'd bought a bunch of deep six uh, from GI Joe and a bunch of, um, um, Ace, I think his name is the, the pilot for one of the, one of the, uh, one of the planes. Okay. They both, they both had helmets and I was going to basically make them like a dead astronaut and a dead diver. And I thought it would be really cool. So I had that, that, and I, and I did that logo in Kenner style and I just, you know, was sitting on it for a couple of years and it wasn't until the monsters came along where I was like, you know what? No, this is going to be a monster brand. I'm going to do terrible monsters and it's just going to be NPC monsters. And I actually just counted it up. Um, we're at 44 different monsters that we want to do. Holy so, crap. <laughs> and it, but at this pace, I, 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 I'll be dust before they're done. Yeah. So got to figure out a quicker way to do this holy moly which is incredible like that's i mean as a first thing have you talked to um uh peter have you ever talked to him yes yeah okay good 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 yeah 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 i have i actually you know what he was one of the first ones that i sent um that promo line that i did Uh i sent him one and because it was like you know hey kind of like i'm this is why i'm doing this right yeah um, and it was like, just truly like, a you know, sort of a, a thank you. And you talk about like, just an incredibly kind, humble, yeah. thoughtful person. And, and that, again, that was kind of my exposure to, I think he was really one of the first people that I interacted with, um, in the toy space. He, a fellow named retro gimmick. Um, and then I also have some, some other friends that, um, that I've known through this toy group for quite some time. And it kind of felt like we were friends before I realized how like, you know, amazing their work was and, and that they were part of this big thing. So it was a bit different, but as somebody who I met specifically because of, I saw your work and that inspired me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
it was uh it's pretty amazing he's a really great guy yeah you know it's uh that's one of my favorite things about the toy scene is that you can it's tough to describe like you can know someone through work that you see all the time Uh and then when you make your own work you get to go to that person be like you you were the one you were the one that got me here and and what's crazy is to have them not know that they were the one yeah i love that and that was kind of his response too. he was he was just like you know like holy cow the the thought that i you know was an inspiration at all just means the world and i'm just like again, it goes back to that authenticity. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, it makes, it makes everything that I collect from these creators from their hands specifically now yeah. mean exponentially more than anything I could buy at a store. Um, I mean, case in point, I just picked up this, um, stunning, jumbo boba fett from dollar slice Mm -hmm. this thing gets here and i'm looking at it and i'm just mesmerized and i even told my wife i said i've got half a mind to go and just jettison all my factory made shit and do nothing but collect things that are made by you know artists Mm -hmm. because it's just you know there's just so much tightly packed into one little package mm-hmm. as it plugs into my brain from a, from a nostalgia, from an appreciation standpoint of the art, from a um, um, sentimentality perspective. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's kind of next level. Yeah. There is man. So many artists that are incredible. Like I, what's cool is like on Instagram, you see a bunch of these artists come through, but uh, being able to be on toys on tap and see them and talk to them. um, I think I'm on episode seven years. This one will be, I think episode 70, if I remember correctly or 71. And um, so that like, I, there's not enough people or enough memory of mine to name all these artists that I've seen and stuff, but yeah the incredible work that exists is and and what's crazy is it keeps getting better yeah when i first uh i mean i've only been in it for a couple years but when i first started maybe i wasn't looking around but like it seemed like there was a way that we did toys it was you did a a toy you put it on a a card back uh, you could package it in a clamshell or you could glue it and that was it Um, if it was a bigger toy it was in a bag so on and so on but then you like, you continue. And then uh, I think like a year ago at last designer con, I want to say yo-yo dine put out a cereal box full of like fake cereal and there's toys in there. And um, then we get to yours where it's like packaged in a package in it, like with un- incredible, like just unending accessories and stuff. And so I think the toy scene is going to get harder and harder to get into because the work is so good right now. Man, I, I mixed feelings about that. Cause I I've got to say, like, I, I, I haven't seen, there's very little that I have seen that I don't think I have like thoroughly appreciated. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'm struggling there with a, a bit of like, I, the last thing I want to do is like 
be a barrier to entry at all. Right, um, right. I mean, there are so many people who are just so talented. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would like to think that anybody who wants to do it mm-hmm. just follows that whole punk rock approach of just fuck you. I'm going to do what I want to do. I, I think that's yeah. what everybody is doing. And I think that's the beauty of it. And you're going to get things that are a varying size, shape, refinement. And that's what it's all about. Right? Oh, it's not, so. it's yeah. not about, cause I don't see this as a, for me, the space is kind of the antithesis of a desire to, um, you know, um, achieve some, Mm. some, you know, stratospheric level of whatever it's, it's about an all-inclusive place where everybody can play. And that's what I, that's what I really enjoy, um, about it because again, so far, everybody seems to be just authentic, supportive, kind. Um, and I don't know, that's an environment where I'd want everybody to, to be able to do whatever the fuck they want. So here's the question. You yeah. are, you're in this scene now. Uh-huh. You've arrived. You have arrived. Um, so are you, and you're on the West Coast. Yeah. So are you going to things like designer con? Like, is that the goal for you now? Um, the goal? Yeah. This yeah. year? No, we're not as going. A, maybe as a guest? Uh, no. Like a- um, <laughs> unfortunately uh, unfortunately we're still we're still effectively on lockdown our our immune systems are dog okay. shit i'm i'm still coughing from some shit that i caught at new york city comic-con in 2018 uh, so i've got to be super super careful yeah. um at the end of the day though designer con is what we wanted to go do um, and I'd even been talking to some friends who were gearing up, working on their own toy projects, super stealth, really cool stuff. I'm really excited to see, um, talking about going to designer con, but sort of expressing the same concerns, like, yeah. um, really want to be there. Super happy folks are, are able to get back and, and get into it. Um, excited to see what comes out of it. Um, hopefully next year. Um, but to be honest, like I said, with 45 creeps that we want to create 44 mm-hmm. however many it is do you have um, time to get there honestly like this year yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't because yeah. we already have the rest of the year planned and mm-hmm. we're trying to make it um so we'll see how it goes but ultimately yeah we will be at, at places like designer con um and part of me is excited that it'll be next year because mm-hmm. we'll have more to show yeah um right now it's just like you said a lot of work goes into these things and it, it took a lot of time <clears throat> and refinement to get Drips, the vampire, to where he was ready for, for production. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, we've done a few different colorways and have started working on the next, the next creep. And it's just, it's slow going because this stuff is all nights and weekends. Yeah. Are you, you know, with specializing, um, which I, I don't see often which I'm excited for because you, that means you are like, this is your niche. This is what you are going for in specializing in the creeps. Do you plan to stay there until they're done? Or do you plan to stay there permanently? What's your thoughts on that? Um, We're going to stay there permanently. It doesn't mean that's the only thing that we're going to do. Okay. Yeah. But, but we're never not going to be making monsters. Yeah. You know, I, um, 
the more we talk about I gotta just I gotta say when you end up do going to designer con mm-hmm. you described walking into KB toys as a kid or walking into a toy store as a kid like stories of toys yeah designer con is that for adults and it's awesome <laughs> it's like and just seeing people I if I could say this designer con was worth it for one reason for me I walked down well I mean a couple of reasons. One, I like, I had only known Scott who is yo-yo dine through mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, I picked him up from his hotel room. We like went to designer, like we knew each other forever. It was awesome. But there was this place dove. I don't know if you've talked to dove. Yeah. He's yeah. awesome. I love yeah. dove. Um, he, I guess he had worked it out or somehow it worked out where all the resin guys were in like one area and so you're walking down this area and saying hi to everyone and like interacting in person for the first time. And it oh, was like, man. this is family. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. That sounds incredible. Um, I, I, I honestly can't wait. Yeah. The, the moment we're able to get there. Yeah, we absolutely will be there. So with all of this going on, you're this early into your toy making mm-hmm. and already doing so well. And you've already got a plan for where you're staying if you had to look off in the distance, let's look, we'll go one in three years. Where is terrible toy works headed? Mm. So that's a tough one. I'd say in both one and three years. And again, I'm not, I've never been the type of person to operate on like plans or goals when it comes to toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been more um i i operate more on emotion so mm-hmm. the things that drive me um whereas you know um logical mm-hmm. smart people or at least <laughs> smarter than i am will 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 you know have a goal or a, or a plan or what have you yeah. I'll have some loose ideas. Like I said, compiling some images for Instagram before I go live, that sort of stuff. But that's probably where about where it gets to. I operate more based on how things make me feel. So mm-hmm. as long as I feel like I'm, I am still creating things that I believe in, that I love, that I would want to have in my collection. Um, to me, that is going to be the determining factor of where we get when. Mm. We've had conversations with people um, about going the factory route. Um, we we do have some interesting collaborations coming up with some with some awesome artists. Um, one later this year, um, so there 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 are some really cool things happening. Yeah. But what it means as a destination, I, I can't really say. Um, on the factory side that I think there's a level of that right now that I'm not terribly interested in because it requires turning over a lot of the process to somebody and releasing, um, introducing a lot of restrictions you can't necessarily control mm-hmm. and releasing um, sort of the quality or execution of what it is that you would want to do. And um, for instance, in past life I've done, um, design for marketing merchandise like um you know one company i worked at i I did some hoodies for us some t-shirts interfacing with these vendors is a job Mm -hmm. unto itself that's not a job i enjoy 
Right. I don't know I'm, I'm prepared to take this thing that is so close to me emotionally and hand it to someone else that I then have to do the boring work of managing in hopes that it's going to turn out the way I want it to. Right. So that to me, that's an emotional thing. I'll have to get over it at some point and that, that will solve itself. But um, for me, if the, the goal three, five years, one, three, five years is just to be doing this in our spare time and having people enjoy it then as much as they seem to do now. To me, that's, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I would love to be able to go um, do these real world engagements like designer con, yeah. um, meet folks in person, hopefully have these, I feel like these, this, this, this whole internet um, uh, dynamic where, like you said, like you, you go and you pick up Scott and it's like, you've known him forever. Yeah. Um, it creates this sort of scenario where you can have that happen. And for us right now, because it's so new, we listen to these things and it feels like we know these people, but it's super one-sided. Yeah. Go and talk to somebody about something they mentioned in the interview and they're like, fuck are you? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, so it's, it's this kind of weird thing. So I think, you know, that's the thing that comes top of mind right now that I would say this time next year, this time in three years, there will be people who we, we respect, admire, and, and, you know, love their work, but we'll have a, a relationship with them because we will have met them. We will have had time, you yeah. know, to, to talk, see what each other is about. Um, and I've been, I've been happening into some of those conversations mm -hmm. um, recently, feel super fortunate. Like I actually spent, um, I think it was a couple of hours on the phone with um, Dollar Slice a while back because we were just bullshitting about stuff randomly. And we just popped on and started talking. And it feels like like that. Um, did an interview with Behind the Bootlegs, same thing. It just felt kind of like connecting with these old friends that you haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And just just having more of that. And it, also just being on here with you, it's, it's interesting to hear your voice responding to what I say, because I've heard <laughs> your voice so much talking to other people. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, I don't know, just feeling like we're, you know, part of the community. Yeah. I think you've answered that the best, um, that you want to just be continuing working on what's going on and loving it. Um, I get stuck all the time, right? Like I, because if I'm not creating, um, or if I can't have like uh, maybe like checkpoints of like, oh, I did this, oh, I yeah. did this and move on. Um, yeah. My brain starts to struggle a little bit. But what I can say, I think, uh, which is cool, especially after talking to so many different artists, I get to formulate my own stuff now um, and cheat my way to the top <laughs> on that end. Um, I want to always be improving. If yeah. I'm not improving and I'm still making the same stuff that I was when I started, I don't know that I need to stop making toys, but I for sure need to un like figure out what my purpose or what I'm doing. Like um, right now I'm experimenting with a new type of joint that I've yeah. never done, which is um, it's not new in general, but like socket ball. Uh -huh. Like I just, I'm, I'm overdoing certain things and I just want to get like, I want to do better. I want to get better within my, my own psyche or at least know that I, can do more than just what I've been doing. That's yeah. going to help. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that that's a good answer to that, just that you're still doing something that you love that you want to do. 
Dude, and and it's it's that's what this has all been about. Um, I will say, we're trying to, um, we're trying to do some stuff that that we really hope comes through in um, a bit more of the subtle aspects of what mm-hmm. it is that we're doing. Um, there's a layer of humor, a layer of um, of sort of laughing at ourselves as yeah. people, right? That it's kind of like a scathing commentary on modern society, right? We've got a lot of that shit coming up. Um, there's also, we're just really trying to have fun with it in every way that we can, that we can think of to just make the whole engagement with people fun, pleasant, yeah. like exciting. Like we, I, I mean, we've been around for just a, I don't know, like a few months, like I can't math. It's too late on a Monday, but, um, we've had two giveaways and mm-hmm. folks have been super stoked about them. And that's just so fulfilling. And we, we want to do more. Um, yeah. we're planning to do, um, we actually just talked about it last night, sort of started solidifying it. Um, had a friend who owns a, um, a local shop up here called Bobacon. It's fantastic. Yeah. Have you heard of them? Yeah. They're, they're, they're incredible. Yeah. They're incredible. The people who run that shop are just amazing, wonderful human beings. And it's, it's the coolest shop ever. Like mm-hmm. they have, they have the, the toys from the fifties to now, and they have art stuff. It, it's just cool. Just some of the most wonderful people you'd ever want to meet. Um, I, I sent, um, my friend there, Sean, I sent him, um, a one-off for um for christmas last year Mm. just like hey you know miss you love you haven't seen you in forever you know merry christmas here's what we've been working on really dug it and he's like maybe a store exclusive and i'm like it kind of got my wheels turning but last night we were talking about it and um it feels like um we want to go in a direction where we have like a brick and mortar run which Mm. is it's a run of 13 of these creeps that that is made specific, like a shared exclusive where we send three to each shop. And I've got to, I've got to talk to shops and see if they'd be interested in this. But the idea is we'd probably get four shops, Mm -hmm. um, send, you know, three creeps to each one. And the only way you can get them is you have to go and you have to, you have to patronize these actual stores with people who work hard all day, every day to bring toys to people is yeah. sort of, again, like a thank you for them for keeping that stuff alive. Yeah. Um, there's also this, uh, this program that we have program. That's such a, I'm not, I don't want to use that. Word. That's a business world for that's you. A, yeah, no, 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 uh-uh. no, we, we have this, this thing that we do is yeah. what I'm going to say where, um, again, right now the runs are small because these yeah. things are expensive and, and, you know, they take a lot of time to make. So <clears throat> we're doing 13. And the number 13 is always special. It's always different. So we mm-hmm. call it unlucky 13. And um, when I say it's different, it may come with like a different set of accessories or some sort of an embellishment that makes it unique. So it's literally like one of one in that line. But we're also very sensitive to the fact that if you order something, you want what you ordered. So if you get something different, like if he's got like, you know, um, purple hair and you didn't necessarily want that, we always make sure that anything needed to be included to make that action figure the original one you wanted to buy is also there too. Mm. So like our most recent one, um, it was Midnight Masticator. Um, <laughs> and and the, uh, the, the unlucky version was yeah. engorged. 
And he basically had translucent red head and hands. The whole concept is, you know, he masticated too much, got too full, too much blood, but I don't want somebody receive wanting a blue vampire and having a red one show up. So we sent both sets of heads and hands. Cause again, we're collectors too. We understand, you know, how these things work and we would basically doing what it is that we would want to have happen. And the whole concept around that is, um, even when we expand our runs, mm-hmm. we get to the point where folks aren't able to get, you know, ones that they want, then we'll just start expanding our runs to make sure that we can get them to folks who want them. And it'll always be number 13 that has that no matter how big the run gets. Mm. So just little things like that. Um, Incredible. You know, it's just, it's, it's what makes it fun. Keeps us sane. Yeah. Seems to resonate. Incredible. Like the, the detail even towards like, I think I forget about that a lot. Like I, I'm not the biggest collector, so I forget what it's like for collectors. So if I make something, it's a, it's just a good idea to be like, oh, maybe they like they want what they got. Like maybe I start to keep that in mind. Wow. Okay. See, here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Improving right there. <laughs> um, I, you know, I. Yeah, it's so great to have you on to talk, talk about all this stuff because I that your toy is on the shelf with the other ones that I have. And it's like, uh, it's weird. It was the first toy I had to make room for the case and the toy. <laughs> Never done that. It's either like I got the case or the toy, but this one I had to like make room for both. So that was cool. But yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the things that I really wanted to do, um, with this line, but just in general is, um, one of the things that I think kind of disappointed me even growing up is, is you get an action figure and certain lines, it wouldn't come with much, you know? And, and like I said, we were making car doors and ATMs and stuff. So I kind of wanted these to, to, come with more accessories so you could Mm -hmm. just you just have like almost an environment already but then also be reminiscent of those old aurora model kits you know where it's a monster on a diorama but those dudes were always static so these is like you get the best of both worlds you get an action figure and you get a little sort of a little setting um we're working on the witch right now and i don't have i actually don't have the whole thing with me but, um, and I know folks won't be able to see this, so I'll, I guess I'll narrate, but she's going to come with a, a base oh, for the, yeah. the cauldron and it slots into that little campfire looking pile of wood. Looks and there's so a, good. a bunch of, you know, there's a snake, some rib cage and the, and the ground it's since been modified because this was two pieces and it was going to be a t- bit too big. Mm-hmm. So I re-sculpted it. Um, but yeah, she's actually going to, I think she's clocking in at like 29 separate pieces that are going to, it's going to take to assemble each one. Holy crap. Okay. So yeah, the, the heads and hands are made of a separate resin than the rest of the figure, mm-hmm. because one of the things that I wanted to make sure happens too. one, I really like the color of the skin being cast with dyed plastic. So it's got that sort of translucence plus fewer paint rubs but also it's more flexible. So the hands, you know, are far less likely to break if you're putting yeah. accessories in them. Um, so that really, that really adds to the complexity because um, so her head and hands 
and her hair is going to be a separate piece and that's all going to be cast in that flexible resin and dyed and then painted um so yeah and then she's got a hat four potion bottles a cauldron which is going to consist of two parts because there's an insert for the slime that's yeah. got the skeleton floating in it um and then she'll have a broom a spoon i don't know if i mentioned her base already maybe three times um and i think that's it we wanted to do more but i actually it was like 30 pieces that's a bit much let's scale it back yeah and i and i think what we are going to start doing <clears throat> just to make the variants a bit more interesting because yeah. we're going to have to do variants in order just to keep ourselves afloat in between the time it takes to just make a new monster for production um we're going to start having the variants include slightly different sets of accessories mm. so you don't feel like you're just getting these like carbon copies of these these sets that yeah. are all kind of the same so you can like interchange them and again make sort of a larger layout for for folks we've got desire i want to do a mausoleum playset, but that's like like yeah sort of far afield that stuff still has to be figured out from a logistics perspective because i don't even know how the hell we would produce those right now yeah holy geez so many accessories and you're you're doing it you're killing it terrible toy works it's been awesome having you on um as we come towards the end uh, i i think i say this every episode it's my favorite part i need you to plug everything that you're doing what you got going on plug any interview that you've been on with other podcasts or whatever plug all of it we want more of you in our lives <laughs> um it's it's so exciting to be here thank you for having me um so terrible toy works on instagram that is where you're going to find us we have a fan page on facebook but that's kind of a formality i don't think i've ever checked it so come visit on us on instagram um always happy to hear from folks if you have any questions thoughts comments whatever just reach out we read everything um in terms of what we're working on we um we just released our I believe it was third colorway of our first monster, Count Drips Von Terrible, Midnight Masticator. Still have a couple left in inventory. Um, and we're currently working on um, Batshit Bone Hilda, the witch. <laughs> She's going to be um, hopefully coming out uh, later this summer. Um, no, no solid ETA yet, but we'll be posting on the, on the feed to let folks know. Um, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much... That's pretty much it we got going on right now. I mean, keep your eyes peeled for, you know, special stuff coming up for Halloween. Maybe a collaboration with somebody else on uh, a creep that is yet to be announced at yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, some exciting stuff. Right now, we're just super happy to be here, be a part of it, and have people enjoy what it is that we're doing. Oh, we, I can tell you, we all enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's just been an absolute pleasure to be here. You can't express it, man. Really appreciate it. Toys on tap. Toys on tap. The next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're gonna want to listen to it.
It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.